What is up, my clan? Welcome back to Riffing with Clintus, the podcast about anything and everything I feel like talking about. This is episode 54. It's going to be about Twitter in 2020. My love-hate relationship for this app, this service. It's my favorite, favorite social media app slash platform. But it's the one that gives me anxiety and stress and makes me sick to my stomach some days. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about the week that I got locked out and the withdrawals that I went through because apparently I had an addiction that I didn't realize. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about the things that I wanted to change about the platform and my usage of it and how I kind of slipped back to my old ways. Hence the anxiety and the stress. Uh, We're going to talk about my fear being judged by my friends. And we're going to talk about how I feel like I don't have anyone to talk to, even though I really do. And lastly, it gets a little heavy towards the end, so bear with me. Uh, we're going to talk about my friends, and we're going to talk about uh, my struggles with friendship. And uh, I didn't cry; I got close. I could I could feel the me getting getting a little choked up there, but I'm getting I'm getting better at holding back my tears. I've cried on stream numerous times. I'm getting better at holding those back. So no tears this episode, but. Uh, yeah, a little heavy towards the end. Anyway, uh, quick plug before we get started. Uh, Discord is where the community lives 24-7. We have people from all around the world in Discord all the time. Uh, we're, it's constantly growing. Um, I'm going to continue to plug it and encourage you guys to come over there and hang out. I've been doing a lot of work over there with channels and, and organization, uh, cool new features and bots and stuff like that. Uh, there's perks in there if you're a Twitch subscriber or YouTube channel member, uh, like sharing photos. And we have channels for all kinds of stuff. I can continually adding new channels based on what I'm into and what the community's into. So you know we've got stuff for like food and drinks. If you're a, if you're a cook or chef or you know you have something you want to you want to use something awesome that you ate or drank that you want to share. You know there's my Plant Man channel for all the awesome plants and gardens that we have in the community. Um, you know if you're into video games, you know a lot of video game channels, a lot of video game discussions. If you're into content creation, you want to talk about YouTube, talk about streaming, podcasting. There's channels for all that. So head on over to Discord.gg/clintus. Download the app; it's free. Join the server. Say what's up. And there's even a podcast channel. You can tell me how you thought about this podcast in the in the uh, in the podcast channel. It's called uh, Podcast Talk, and it's about my podcast. It's about your podcast. It's about if you're thinking about going into podcasting. There's one for YouTube. There's one for streaming. Uh, so check it out. Discord.gg/clintus. Create an account. It's free. Download the app so you get notifications. And I'll see you over there. And without further ado, enjoy the podcast. July fifteenth, twenty twenty. A massive security breach on Twitter.com happened, and a ton of verified celebrity accounts were compromised. And um, while this was going on, Twitter, of course, was frantically trying to shut down the access to all these accounts. And so their quick fix was they uh, locked all verified Twitter accounts. You could not tweet um, and, and you couldn't even access it at some point. <clears throat> um, while this was happening, uh, we were out of the house. I had actually just walked into the grocery store and I got an email saying that my two-factor authentication on my Twitter account had been disabled um, or removed. And I, fre- I freaked out because my first thought was, oh crap, 
they've somehow hacked into my account, turned off the two-factor authentication, which, you know, my mind now, like, there's no way they, there's no way they could do that. The whole point of two-factor authentication is they can't get access to my account. But I mean, this was a major global hack going on. So I don't know who knows, right? I was hearing like bits and pieces from friends and, and, uh, article, you know, quick, quick news, uh, popping up on, on, you know, different notifications that they had somehow got access to like the Twitter UI or Twitter support, uh, tool. So my mind starts racing like, oh, I need to log in and try and reset my password before they have a chance to, um, you know, before they have a chance to lock me out of it, take it over, delete it. I don't know who knows. Right. Um, so I start frantically trying to reset my password. I'm trying to log in and I end up locking myself out of my own account because when, you know, the, the dust kind of settled a few hours later, my, you know, my friends and, and other accounts that were verified Twitter accounts could start tweeting again, like no big deal, but I was still locked out of my account. I couldn't understand why. And so, um, I, I just kind of waited and, and that, that evening went through and I still couldn't access it. I couldn't reset my password. Just nothing was happening. Right. I was logged out of all my accounts and I couldn't get in. I, I was logged out of all my devices. And so, uh, I put in a t- help ticket at Twitter, trying to get some help, trying to get some resolution. And of course their support team is like, you know, big banner saying we are understaffed right now because of COVID and, you know, we, there's a huge number of a surge in, in help requests and help tickets. So, you know, we'll get to when we get to you. So a couple days went by and still no access to my Twitter. And for those of you who don't know, Twitter is my favorite social media platform. It's my favorite social media app. It's the first thing I open in the morning. It's the last thing I, I look at before I go to bed. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in Twitter like all the time. Um, it's, it's just, it's my main, um, uh, my main, my main platform. It just, it is, it's just, it's what I, it's what I love to consume. It's one of the first and the oldest platforms I'm still active on. Um, I stopped really using Facebook, uh, you know, last year. I, I literally don't even log into Facebook ever at all. I don't check my notifications messages every once in a while, but for the most part, I don't, I don't even open it, but Twitter, Twitter, I'm in there all the time. And so, you know, it's funny on your iPhone, you have that, you have that, um, screen time app that tells you how much screen time you've, uh, you've had on, on your, in your phone and Twitter is always number one, right? Like it's, uh, I'm, I'm recording this on Monday. So it's, it's been what a day, two days for the week. Cause I think the week starts on Sunday or whatever. And, uh, you know, Twitter is already number one with an hour of usage. Instagram's a little far behind that. Uh, but last week, the whole week, Twitter was six hours of screen time. The next closest one was Instagram with three hours. So double what I do on Instagram. I do on Twitter, right? Um, just slide back another week, five and a half hours on Twitter, three and a half hours on Instagram. So, you know, the trend is that I'm in Twitter way, way, way more. The problem is that Twitter's changed. Uh, Twitter's evolved, uh, like all platforms have, but it's it's evolved into something else. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But uh, back to the story here. Um, it ended up being eight days with no Twitter access. Um, I ended up getting access back to my account on July 23rd. I got an email just saying, Hey, you know, verify some information and then boom, we'll re- you know, we'll give you the link to reset your password. I reset my password, got two factor authentication turned back on and I was back in my account, but I had done these long rants on Instagram in my Instagram stories. Um, because well, one, I can just, you know, they disappear in 24 hours and two, like I, 
I still felt the need to share. And I share a lot of different ways. Um, but ultimately I share just about everything somewhere, right? Whether it's, you know, on my, in the vlogs on YouTube or live on Twitch with my chat, you know, at doing Q and A's here on the podcast, more long form storytelling. Um, of course, Twitter and Instagram and Twitter and Instagram. Like I said, I, I, I share a lot on Twitter. Um, not as much as I used to. It's funny. I, I look at my time hop. There's a great app called uh, time hop. You link all your social media accounts and it pulls your history from however long you've been using it. And I've been using Twitter since 2006. So I have a lot of tweets. Um, I think as of right now on the recording, I'm somewhere around 60,000 tweets. I don't know where that number is. I used to display it. Doesn't say it anymore. But anyway, I think it's somewhere around like 60,000 tweets. It's, you know, a little ridiculous, but it's just cause I've, I've not been on a long time. Um, so yeah, so eight days with no Twitter access. And so when I finally got access back, I had time to think, I had time to reflect and I had time to realize that the last couple of days, while the first couple of days may have been stressful, but just because I didn't have access to it. And I wasn't sure yet if I had lost access to a hacker or from Twitter, but once that kind of like that feeling of like, well, I guess nothing I can do about it. Just wait and see kind of came over me. I realized how like less stress and anxiety I had by not having Twitter in my hand. And when I came back to Twitter that night, July 23rd, I tweeted a series of tweets and I'm going to read them uh, just because it's relevant and why not? Um, so uh, here's the, here's the tweets. Uh, eight days with no Twitter access. Lots of emotions were felt. Confusion, fear, frustration, then withdrawals. Withdrawals from knowing what was going on with my friends, knowing what was going on in my industry, withdrawals from engaging with my community, withdrawals from sharing. And that was a big one there for me because I, I really, again, I pick up Twitter to share things, quick moments, right? Used to be, um, what, 140 characters and now it's 280. So you have a little bit more leeway there, but you know, it's like a quick text message. Even if it's just one line or a series of emojis, I love sharing what I'm doing in real time. I've always, I always have. The second tweet says, after a few days though, I realized how much less stress and anxiety I had. I realized that even though I love Twitter and all the great things it brings me, it also brings a lot of negativity and judgment. I realized I was putting too much weight on what people were thinking. And the final tweet says, now that I've had access restored, I'm making some changes. Changes in the way I use Twitter, changes on how I consume it, who I follow, and who I engage with. You will not always like what you see, though. You will not always agree with my decisions. Less fucks will be given. And so I put that out as a series of tweets. You know, they're all linked together. You can go back to my Twitter, like I said, July 23rd, 2020, around 5.50 p.m., and read those if you like. Um... I didn't expect, I honestly didn't expect a whole lot of replies. Um, like most of my social media, I have a very fractured audience. I've been doing this again since 2006. And so I have a lot of different followers for different reasons. And a lot of my follow counts slash sub counts or whatever, um, are old accounts that aren't even even active anymore. Uh, I know that for a fact on YouTube, you know, 770,000 subscribers, clearly there's a disconnect between those 700,000 and the typical 20, 30,000 that I get on a regular basis. So I, I, I didn't know what, I didn't expect a whole lot of response from my tweets. Um, but I actually did get quite a few replies. 
Um, I'll just read you a couple of, without saying any names, just kind of read some of the responses I got. Um, a moderated dispersion of fucks is unlearned skill that should be highly revered by everyone, yet remains an elusive goal unknown. Quote, less fucks will be given, unquote. Clint is 2020. Who is this man and when, when can I have his babies? <laughs> less fucks for the win. Big fan of giving fewer fucks. Also big fan of Clintus. No fucks given. As long as you have yourself, as long as you, as you, <laughs> as long as you are yourself and happy, that is what matters. Welcome back. You do you, bud. Um, do you, brother? Always enjoyed our conversations. You're a genuine dude. Do what makes you happy. You do you, my friend. Um, right on. This thing called Twitter is for your benefit, not the masses. Welcome back. You do you, Clintus. Um, hope you're doing all right. And welcome back. Everyone here supports you. You know, so I, I got a, I got a good mix of, of, of responses, but for the most part, everyone was kind of in the same boat as me in regards to, yes, give less fucks, do you, and stop worrying so much. And, you know, for the next couple of days, I, I unfollowed a few people and, um, I curated some lists. So I still like kept like, cause I follow people for different reasons, right? Some of them are friends. Some of them are colleagues. Some people are like people that I look up to or aspire, uh, you know, to be similar, to be like, or, you know, a few brands here and there, people that inspire me, um, you know, whether because they're dropping knowledge on their timeline or they're entrepreneurs or, you know, I have a, a wide variety of mix. I follow, I don't know, somewhere around maybe 600 people. Uh, I think it was over 700 at one point close to 800. And I, I realize a lot of people I follow don't even tweet that often, right? I might follow some accounts in case they do tweets, but they never do. And so, you know, the count, the numbers always, the, the number always bothers me because it's like, wow, I follow way too many people. But it's like, I realize a lot of people don't actually tweet that much. Um, hence my wife, I follow my wife, but she doesn't tweet ever. So there's another one. Um, so I, like I said, I started to make some changes with the way I use Twitter. Uh, one, I wasn't nearly on it as much as I was prior to those eight days. Uh, like I said, I unfollowed a handful of accounts. Anytime I saw something on my timeline, I was just like, either A, I'm really not even reading your tweet, or B, I don't like what I'm seeing from this person at this time, I unfollowed. And I figured, well, if I really miss their tweets, or if I wonder what this person's up to, I can always just search their name and read their tweets that way. But I don't want it on my timeline for some reason. But it didn't take long for things to slowly get back to normal. I started being on Twitter more and more and, and having it open more and reading every single tweet. That's another thing. You know, when I started Twitter and I followed my first like 100 people, I, I literally read every single tweet that was on my timeline. I could I knew what people were up to. I knew what like I could tell you what so and so was doing what someone so did last week because I read every tweet. I even went so far at one point, whereas when I was away from Twitter, I knew when the last tweet I read. So I went back and read every tweet that I had missed between the last tweet I read and this point in time. That's how like into it I was. Now, obviously I follow too many accounts and have not as much time to sit and read Twitter like that. But when I have Twitter in my hand, I do read every tweet on the timeline to a certain degree. And with the current climate of our nation, uh, of the world, with so many things going on in the world, Twitter has become like people's dumping ground, right? It used to be Facebook and I'm sure Facebook is still this way, but it's more privatized because of groups and friends. And, you know, Twitter is for the most part public. If you, you know, unless you make your account private, 
your 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 tweets are public and anyone can retweet and share and and you know reply and it's just I love it for what it is but I'm I hate what it's become and what's becoming and another reason why I have to start picking and choosing who I follow what's really hard these days is that I follow some people for our common interest we're we're streamers we're gamers we're content creators we're entrepreneurs right um maybe we're friends we have something in common and so i follow them for that but then we're in this world where there's a lot going on and people are sharing a lot and people are looking up stuff and then they want to retweet it and either praise it and say yes more of this or they want to call something out and be like f this guy F this thought, F this company, F whatever, right? It's that it's the cancel culture. It's the woke culture. It's insert whatever phrase, you know, there's, there's, I, I've been learning all kinds of terminology this year uh, because of Twitter specifically, uh, you know, there's, there's gaslighting and there's virtue signaling and there's, like I, I said, you know, woke and now woke is being spun into another kind of like politically correct it used to be a term in one way. And now it's being used as another and woke is the same thing. It, it, it had one meaning at one point, and now it's being politicized on the other. And so it's hard because I want to follow somebody for one thing, but I don't want to see these other things. And it's hard because uh, without you know muting certain words or already knowing what they're going to say, it's hard to avoid those posts. So I'm learning to scroll past, right? I get a, just a quick brief. As soon as I see something that I'm like, oh, nope, it just, it's a scroll. It's a scroll. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm, I'm evolving. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to be better at that. But like I said, it didn't take very long for it to kind of get back to that same state. And since July, you know, we are now in September, um, August was rough because it seemed like once a week, something would come across my timeline that would get to me and it would weigh on me. And the weight that I was feeling, I thought it was, I don't know, I thought it was me not being woke enough or me not understanding where these people were coming from, why they were calling out this person or, or this company or, you know, what, why were they talking about this? The, the biggest thing that bothers me is I, I feel like too many people share their opinions about too many things. I feel like everyone feels obligated to voice their opinion about something, jump in on the conversation, jump in on whatever it is that's going on on Twitter, whether it's pro this thing or against this thing. I, there, I have so many friends that feel obligated, like it's their civil duty to chime in on something. And the problem with that, in my opinion, is that you start to... I don't know, form a picture about this person for better or for worse. And, you know, it's the same thing when, when it's, you know, every four years when it's, when it's election season and our friends and close family start sharing their political views on their timeline on Facebook. Um, I don't know how many people I, I ended up unfriending on, on Facebook over the years because every four years it was like this, this, and this. And I don't mind people sharing their opinions. I don't, I, I don't. But what I do mind, what I hate and despise is the arguments and the name calling and the, the total lack of humility that happens when we start talking about these topics. When you start talking about politics, and, and you can even lump religion into this as well, 
Um, though I feel like religion is less volatile these days than po politics. Um, you know, start sharing your opinions. You start to, like I said, you start to form this, this idea around this person. And the moment you realize that someone in your life believes something either, you know, as simple as, well, they just believe the other, on, what's on the other side of the aisle, or they believe, they just believe something a little different, or if it's something drastic, like they believe something that you're completely against, or they believe something that you just cannot fathom. You're just like, how can you believe that? It's so, it's such bullshit. It's such a lie. It's such a whatever that you now start to question everything else they believe in or everything else they say. Well, yeah, you say this, but you also say this. So it's kind of hard for me to believe that, or it's kind of hard for me to listen to you because you also believe this. That's the problem that I start having with these conversations. It can't be, most people cannot have a civil conversation about politics. It's just, it, most people just can't do it. The vast majority of people cannot do it. Even close family members start getting into, into arguments and fights in their own household when it comes to politics because of how strong people believe about these political lines, these political you know, beliefs. That's why I usually lump religion into the same group because it's like, you believe this is the way it is. You believe this is the way it should be. You believe this is how it happened. You believe that this is what you're supposed to do every week. And for someone else to tell you that you're wrong or that there is another way, when the core, every fiber of your being believes it this way, it's hard to change people's minds. It's hard to, to reason with them. And we're seeing that on Twitter. We're seeing people set aside logic. People are set aside science because the, the, the other side of the other party uh, talked about it or, or mentioned it or brought it up or agrees with it. That's the worst. It's, it, it, forget logic and, and, and like sound reasoning. Nope. The other side said it. So I can't be, I can't believe it. I can't, I can't be along, go along with it. Right. They're, they're, the, the, oh, I hate politics. We, I'm sure one day we'll talk about politics. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm getting more involved in it, trying to understand it better, trying to be a better, um, advocate for certain things. So I'm, 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 I'm educating myself, but it's very slow because I, I don't like it. Um, but I'm trying. That's one of the conversations about though. My point I was getting to was that Fast forward to September 7th, 2020, and I just had a horrible weekend. Um, well, actually, last the previous week, so a week ago, I had a rough weekend because of a tweet. Literally right before I went to bed, last thing I read, I read this tweet, I read the replies, I saw a bunch of my friends in on the replies, and it bummed me out. And that was the last thing I read. So when I went to bed, my mind was racing. I didn't get any sleep that night. And I woke up the next day kind of distraught and just, just a lot of weight weighing on me. And that's how I started my week. And it was rough. Um, things got better throughout the week. I talked to some more people. I talked to some colleagues and some friends and some coworkers. And I just kind of like, I'm, I, I need to talk it out. When I have a problem, I need to talk it out. And, um, the problem with that is though, is that I, I, I'm a share, right? I like to share things. I like to share my thoughts, my ideas. I like to share what I'm doing. Like right now, what I'm doing, I want to share it. Like take a picture on podcasting, tweet it, right? The problem is that there are so many people now judging every action we take, judging every thing we say, or 
worse everything that we're not saying. And that's, that's another thing that just, it just, I don't know. It, it bums me out. I say bums me out. Cause that's like the, I don't know. It's the best term for me to use. It just bums me out. I don't get mad. I just, it bums me out that in this day and age, if you're silent, people will take that as you're complacent or you're, you're, you know, you're okay with something. And I, I disagree with that. I fundamentally disagree with that. And the reason why is because silence doesn't necessarily mean complacence, complacency. It could mean that person doesn't have, doesn't know what to say. They don't have the right words. Silence can mean fear of being judged or fear of, of being called out or fear of losing a relationship. Silence can mean so many things. And unfortunately it right now, people are silence equals complacency and that bums me out. I want to talk about things and I want to say things, but I see what my friends are already saying about certain things. I see what my friends are calling out, who they're retweeting, who are they subtweeting, who are they sipping tea with and what they're talking about. And it's hard for me to not feel a sense a hesitation because I'm afraid of like, Oh, I'll be, you know, if I say something or if I say the wrong thing, I'll be next. There were a lot of people in the last couple of months that were called out for various things, various actions, various um, things they've done in their past, things they've said, things they've, you know, and, and, and their, their careers were disrupted. Their careers were ended. Their friendships and their, their, their reputation were, were ruined. And though these are very different things, the point is still the same. We are in the middle of a cancel culture where people feel the need to call out people, organizations, brands for everything they do or do not do. And then it starts this like pitchfork riot bandwagon mentality and people start coming out of the woodworks. The people start tagging people. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at that. Can you believe this? And it just gets dogpiled and dogpiled. And it shows up on more and more people's timelines. And then there's less context available. You start reading replies going, did I miss something? What happened now? Or why is there all the hate for, the, for this person? Why is, why, why is there so much hate for this, this, this company? And, you know, then people start pulling tweets and pulling history. Like, oh, I heard this or read this. And it adds to so many people in this day and age read headlines and make decisions based on headlines, right? A blog post, a news article, you know, it's something clickbaity. It's something OMG. I can't believe it because they're trying to get you to click on the link to open the page, to get the ad, to get so they can make money. Right. And so people will see that headline and will retweet it or share it with their own little two cents. Like, can you believe this motherfucker did this? And it's like, well, if you read the article, it actually didn't go that exact way, but it's too late. Now you just called this person out or you took it out of context happens all the time. And so this is, I, I recently discovered this, this, this last week that the anxiety and the, the stress that I, I get from these tweets 
and from, you know, these things I see on Instagram and, you know, hell, even sometimes just in the news itself, though Twitter is the main one, main source of it. It's, it's not what I'm reading. It's the fear of that person thinking the same thing about me or feeling the need to call me out for something. And to go even further into that, the fear of my friends doing it. I don't know if I said friends the first time, but like people always say, like, well, haters are going to hate, man. Ignore the haters, right? Like it's not the haters that I'm worried about. It's my friends. It's the people that I have these, I have relationships with. It's people that I enjoy hanging out with, people I enjoy spending time with, people I enjoy playing video games with, co streaming with, people I enjoy like interacting with, getting their thoughts and opinions. Like those, those are the people that I fear of being judged by fear of losing in my life. I read a tweet from somebody and I see the replies and I see that the, you know, the, the consensus from a group of my friends and I worry that I'm in that group I'm, or I'm on the other side and I'm, I'm part of the, the, whatever it is they're calling out or whatever it is that they're, you know, bashing, even though it's never actually ever, nothing's ever been directed towards me. I think that has a lot to do with me being reserved, me not sharing everything, me not posting my opinions, me not chiming into various topics. And I don't know, uh, this, I'm already starting to get the, that feeling in my stomach cause I'm sharing. Um, yeah. So I, I like, you know, looking at those tweets, looking at those replies, everyone telling me to give less fucks and to be me and not worry about things. I am slowly getting there. I am slowly, you know, the, the thing that I, the, the, like I said, the epiphany that I had this week was the people that I'm afraid of losing like how, how close are we? What kind of friendships do we have? Because I live a very fractured life and I have friends in so many different segments of my life. And for the longest time, I would say that I felt like I was always trying to be a better friend for certain people. I was trying really hard to be friends with certain people because I looked up to them because I thought they were cool because I thought that you know, like I really love spending time with this person. I want to spend as much time with this person as I can. Right. Like that's, that was my drive. But what I've realized is how, like how much attention are they giving me? Like it needs to be in every relationship. There needs, it needs to be a two way street and it needs to be something that both parties are kind of like in the same boat as far as agreements of how much attention and time to give each other. And I, I realized I was giving way too much attention to certain people. I was putting too much weight on their thoughts. As I said in that tweet, I realized I was putting too much weight on what people were thinking. And specifically these people, the people that I was trying to be friends with. And I was afraid of getting upset. Those I was afraid to, you know, lose my relationship with. And so, you know, I, I, I talk about Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. I talk, you know, Gary V, uh, I've been following the man for almost a decade now. And I, 
well, over a decade, I guess. Damn, it's been over 10 years. Uh, so, you know, I, and I know he's not the end all be all, you know, he says it this way. So this way it is, but I do connect with him a lot. I resonate with a lot of his statements and his, his advice and his philosophy. I have for a long time. I will constantly be reminded of things from him, whether it's a tweet, an Instagram video or picture, a podcast, a video on YouTube. I'm constantly being reminded and what he says really, really resonates with me most of the time. So I'll see something from him and it reminds me of how I want to be or how I am trying to be. And so even with this topic, I saw something recently about, and I, and I retweeted it. Um, I saw it on Instagram. It's something I retweeted a while back. So I recently saw it again. That basically said, like, quote, cool, question mark. I'm not trying to be cool, motherfucker. I'm trying to be happy, end quote. And so much of what Gary V like, talks about is being happy. And so much of what I talk about on my streams comes from that philosophy of, you know, what we talked about in the last episode with my buddy Cade about finding your number. What's that number that you, that, you know, that you need to make every month or every year to live happy, right? So many kids nowadays want to be rich and they want to be famous. They want to make millions. They want to be able to have the fancy cars and the fancy shoes and the necklaces and the, you know, whatever the, you know, the different name brand names of, of clothing and stuff. And it's like, sure, fine, whatever. I'm not knocking you for what you want to do, but the reality is, is that different things make us happy. Right now, plants are making me happy. House plants are making me so fucking happy. I, if you've been following me on Twitter and Instagram and on the vlogs, I've been talking about house plants and just gardening in general for now for months. But like something as simple as a new fucking house plant, which costs me like five bucks, can give me so much joy, so much happiness. And and so it, like I said, it's it's finding that happiness and when I realize when when I think about how bummed out Twitter makes me sometimes and how I feel like I can't be myself because I'm going to be judged, you know, even like sharing a picture of 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 something I ate and then someone tweeting, you know, uh, shortly after like how can people do this? Or why are people doing that? And I'm like, are they talking about me? Like they're referencing something in my photo, like crap, but they don't want to mention me because they don't want to call me out. Like there's that judgment. There's that feeling of like, they don't agree with what I said. They don't, they don't agree with what I'm doing. Um, and, and then I immediately regret posting that photo. But something that my buddy Chuck likes to tell me all the time and remind me is that I have a much bigger audience than just one or two or three or four people that I'm concerned with. I think we as humans have a, a tendency to put, to give too much attention to too small of people. Uh, I used to do it a lot with my YouTube comments, right? I'd have a hundred, 200, 300 great comments and I get that one dickhead that would just ruin it all for me, right? That one dickhead would say something and it would get under my skin and I felt compelled to reply to it or even worse, I would actually talk about it in the vlog. I would bring attention to this, what this person said and like, feel like I need to defend myself or clarify something. And, you know, it took me a while to realize there's no reason to give that person any of my attention either because a, what they're saying is completely false and not true at all. So there's no reason to even like really chime in about it or they don't actually care 
at all what I'm doing or what I'm going to say. They just want to, you know, as as the Joker would say, or not the Joker, but uh, Alfred would say, some people just want to watch the world burn. This person doesn't give a fuck about me or my community or my content. They just want to say something stupid to try and get a response out of me. Make me mad. Make me upset. Make me call them out. Give them a shout out. Whatever, right? I realized that and I stopped doing that. Now, I don't give any attention to shitty comments. Most of the time, they don't even make the light of day. No one ever sees their comments, either because I just delete them or I ban them. And when they get banned, they don't know that they're banned. And so they can leave all the comments they want. And no one will ever see them ever again, including myself, which is great. Though I do wish they knew that they were banned so that they could, you know, get the, you've been banned. And then they have to create a new account and waste all that time. I love that. Anyway. Um, so yeah, this is me realizing that I just need to buckle up. It's part of the job. It's part of the career choice that I chose. I'm going to be judged. I mean, I've always been judged, but again, what hits hard, what hits home are certain people that are very vocal about their beliefs, very vocal about where they stand politically, where they stand when regarding social um, issues, right? And I, again, going back to what I said earlier, I don't feel that I don't feel that everyone needs to voice their opinions. I'm glad that they do. It makes it life easy to like, oh, that's what they think. That's where they stand. That's that's who they're affiliated with. That's, you know, what what their climate is for their world. Do I think, do I think, do I want everyone to voice their opinions? Mm, yes and no. Yes, I'd love to know what your opinion on this is, but you don't need to go, you know, 30 steps, you know, down the road at, to call out all these different things to make your point. Like, it's easy just to say one, here's what I think, here's what I believe, here's where I stand. The problem is that people go so hard into that lane that they are, you know, digging up things to call out. They're digging up things to bring to light. And that's the stuff that gets under my skin. That's the stuff that bothers me. That's the stuff I'm just like, why? Why do you have to dig this up? It's almost like, it's almost like people are going through the trash to try and find some, some dirt, right? Like, going through someone's trash to find something to then, you know, blast them for. Oh, motherfucker doesn't, does, he drinks whole milk. How dare you? Right? What's this, man? You know, they have 2%. You know, they have skim milk. Come on. What are you doing? Drinking whole milk. Right? Or, or, you know, I don't know. That's just a dumb analogy, but that's, I, I work in analogies all the time. I don't know. I just, I feel like that's, that's a lot of times what happens is people dig up shit to call out to just, you know, Vo to, to, to go harder into their beliefs, to go harder into what they think is right or wrong. And, um, you know, that, that, that gets to me. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where, where I am at with Twitter right now. Um, I'm as of even just this last weekend, um, had a hard time with, with some stuff just weighing on me in regards to, what to say, what not to say, because I'm okay with not saying things. I am. I, I, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that I want to voice my opinions and voice my beliefs and voice my concerns. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm okay with not. I'm okay with companies not. I, I read in my like little research slash like, um, you know, educating myself, a term I was brought up to my attention, um, and uh, basically get woke, go broke was a term that kind of came up. Someone mentioned it to me, but then it started coming up in a couple of articles and 
things I was doing research on. And basically the, what that term means is, is when a company gets quote woke and voices their uh, political party lines, their political funding lines, or even as silly as this sounds, their, their views on social issues, right? Whether it's social injustice or, uh, you know, social uh, inequality. The moment that a company does that, you immediately are putting a line in the sand between your customers. And this is one of the reasons why I don't talk about politics and religion in my chat room or in my YouTube channel, because regardless of what you believe, regardless of how kind of a human being you are, the moment you start talking about these topics, it divides the room. Because like I said, there is two sides and really there's more than two, but there's extremes. There's different shades of, of each side, right? There's the far right and the far left and everything in between. And so in recent months, you've had a couple of companies in recent years. I don't know how far back one of these goes, but like you've had companies that have been called out for their political views or political party lines. Um, I believe Home Depot recently uh, got, you know, some shit because uh, one of their executives said something about they're going to take their salary and donate to Trump. And a bunch of coworkers, a bunch of customers started like boycotting and, and um, picketing and, you know, protesting. And, and so like now you've got people writing articles and people tweeting and Instagramming and labeling Home Depot one thing or the other and, and painting this picture now. Right? So if you're like a hard left liberal Democrat, like, and you're, and you're one of those people that are like hard, like, well, if it's a, if it's anything that has to do with the right, or if it has anything to do with, me, with the conservatives or if it has anything to do with Trump, fuck that. If you're that person, what does that mean now? It means you're going to shop at Lowe's. Does it mean you're going to, you're going to start talking trash about Home Depot? You're going to start digging up all the bad negative publicity over the last decade with Home Depot. You know, you're going to stop shopping there. So like that, you know, that that's, and then, so then people start, I saw this on, I saw this on Twitter. Somebody took like a Home Depot flag and like put on the same pole as a, as a Trump flag. So it's like now you're, people are seeing that and they're, and they're, they're, they're taking the two and, and making like, oh, well, if you're a Home Depot, you know, customer, you must be a Trump supporter. So then you get people like, no, fuck that. I'm not. So I'm not going to shop there. Like, that's my point. The moment a company does that, the moment the company opens their mouth about something, that line is drawn. And then to even go further than that, and this is, this is something that goes back to being a, per, um, on a personal note is you say that you support something. Then later down the road, you say you support something else or you don't support something else. And then people go, well, wait a minute. You said you support this thing or you said you were cool with this. How can you also be cool with this? How can you also support this? You're contradicting yourself. Which one is it? Right? Damned if you do. Damned if you don't. <laughs> like no matter what you do, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. And so this goes back to, again, just the fear of saying anything, you know, for the, for the last 10 years, I've done been just fine, not sharing certain opinions, not sharing certain views because I don't feel like it's necessary. You don't need to know what my political affiliation is. You don't need to know who I'm voting for. Now I'm totally cool. With people letting you know, I'm totally cool with people have a strong desire to say I voted for so-and-so and and you should too. And here's the reasons why that is totally cool. I respect that. I have the utmost admiration for someone who can do that. 
The problem is the replies they get afterwards. There's always going to be people in there. I mean, you see it on, in news articles. You see it in, in the president's tweets or any kind of government tweets, the back and forth, the back and forth. And it just makes me sick to my stomach. These are human beings. These are, these are Americans that feel the need to be like, well, if you're on the other side of the aisle, you're not an American. In fact, I'll even go as far as to say you're not a fucking piece of, you're, you're a piece of shit and you're not a human being because, I, because X, Y, and Z. And I hate that stuff. So I can understand why a company would want to stay silent. I can see why a company, you know, in some aspects decide to not make a statement about anything because it can always bite them in the ass. You know, this is a part where I, 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 I'm torn. Do I, like I said, do what I like for, for people to, for companies and people to say where they stand on things. Sure. It makes it easier. It makes it like confident. There's confidence there, right? There's confidence. Oh yeah. I support a company that also supports something I'm into but I don't feel the need to try and cancel a company for not speaking up. I don't feel the need to make a shit post and call out a company for not saying anything because again, it's a company, it's a business. Their job is to, they're, they're, they're there to produce a product or, or give a service. And if by them saying anything has potential to affect that business, then it makes total sense not to say anything. And I kind of, that's kind of how I feel about that in general. Like, People will call out a company. It's like, well, did you do your research and actually make sure they've not, you know, they've said out they don't support this thing or that they do support this person, this candidate or whatever? Or are you just assuming because you haven't seen it? And furthermore, have you checked every other company? Are you going to call it literally every company that you work with, that you touch, that you, uh, that you buy product from, that you, you know, services that you like, you know, did your ISP say something? Are you going to, you're going to, you going to shut down your internet, boycott your cable company, Right. What about, uh, what, you know, I don't know this stupid, this conversation can go forever, but I, I, that's another thing that just kind of gets under my skin sometimes. The last thing though, that I want to kind of pivot to and talk about, it goes hand in hand with this, but it's the other epiphany that I had this week. And this one hit me the other night. I, if you again, follow me on Twitter, I tweeted out, um, a, a screenshot from my phone and I said, when, when vlogging is your therapy and the screenshot was about, I don't know, 10 or 12 little video clips that I had taken from my, with my phone, I went for a walk, needed to clear my head. Everybody was gone or asleep. And, uh, I ended up just vlogging to my phone because I needed to talk to somebody. That's it. I, I needed someone to talk to, and I didn't know who to talk to. And the first part was kind of what we just talked about the the you know the fear of judgment for my friends and um not wanting to speak up about things just because I didn't feel the need to speak up about it and or jeopardize a relationship right but then the other part the other epiphany that I had was the vlogging in general like I've been vlogging since I started vlogging back in 2007 and I've been sharing my thoughts and my ideas and, and everything via Twitter and Instagram and and YouTube and Twitch and I've always said that, that is my therapy, me talking to a camera, me talking to a microphone. And I don't know if it's because they can't talk back. Like right now I'm talking, I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to this microphone and yes, you guys are listening to this now, but at the moment of me recording this, there's no one responding to me. There's no one talking back. And I, I said this on stream last week that I, I feel like I can't relate to anybody. And I think people took it out of context and people misunderstood me. 
when I said that it's not that I'm trying to be like someone else. It's me trying to relate to someone so that I can try to come up with solutions, change my way of thinking, form new ideas and, and, and thought patterns, feel a different way about a situation or about a person. And that's what I was getting at is I, I'm, I'm, I find it difficult to relate to people because again, as I said earlier, I live a very fractured life and everyone knows me or, or follows me or interacts with me for various things. So it's like when I have a, a Twitch thing and it's a business thing when it comes to Twitch, like who do I talk to? Do I talk to my pseudo friends that are part of my chat room, part of my discord and, you know, but like, I'm kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit. So, that, you know, or, you know, do I talk to like my close knit group of friends that know a little bit more beyond this, the, the, the typical interaction on Twitter, right? We talk via texts or DMS or group chats or something. Right. Um, then there's, there's, what if it's a personal thing? What if it's something I'm, that I'm dealing with with my wife? You know, I have two brothers, but we're not like, we're close that I know that I could go to them for anything, but we don't talk enough about our relationships or, you know, I don't, we don't talk enough regularly to, for me to feel the confidence to just pick up the phone and call him. Hey man, had a fight with the wife. Need like, need to talk about something. Need, need to vent. Like I can vent to them, but I don't think, uh, I don't know. This is maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I just feel like it's not necessarily going to be a beneficial conversation. I'm not going to get a whole lot from them because they don't, they're not around enough for context. They don't, they're not around enough to know our current relationship. They don't know, they're not around enough to know like what we're dealing with, we're going through. So this is me going around and around going like, well, who do I call? Who do I text? Who do I reach out to for one thing or the other, for the various issues and problems and dilemmas that I have. And so my natural reaction is to pick up my phone and tweet or, or vlog or, you know, do a, do a story, but most of the time it's Twitter. And so I do, I, I'll share little snippets. I'll share little very vague things. And it's not to get a reaction. It's not to get sympathy or, um, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's that it's just what I do. It's just what I do. I, I just, I share my thoughts and my feelings and my ideas and my experiences. And I always have, and I always will. I, I'm, that's just my personality type. My personality type is like, check this out. Look at this cool thing. But my, all my sharing is never, not at least not, I don't try not, I try never to be in a negative light. It's always a positive light. It's always, this is cool. This, you should see this. This is cool. Or check out this awesome thing I did. Or, you know, I really like this. I really want this. I really miss that. And I want the conversations to happen around those things when we have common interests. I, I love social interacting. That's why I love social media so much. That's why like I just I jumped in with both feet and grasped it and grabbed it and learned it and you know in the in the early days because this is my natural habitat. This is this is where I where I belong. I belong vlogging. I belong streaming. I belong tweeting. If that makes sense. So 
So it's hard for me to not talk or not share. So I, 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 I share something. I just, I feel, I get, I feel that urge to just send something out. And so the other night when I went for my walk and I, you know, the, the first tweet that I tweeted out was, <laughs> was a gif of me throwing, like, or this guy throwing his phone. And that was like my frustration as I walked out the door because I was frustrated. And then I proceeded to walk for two something hours and vlogged. And I, you know, and I, I repeated myself a few times. I talked to, I, I said the same thing over and over again. Cause I was just kind of like getting it out of my chest and I was trying to vlog. I was trying to, to record myself and then I was going to, I plan on posting it on Twitter, but the more I talked and the more I, I, I unraveled peel back the layers, I realized, no, this is not something I want to share. I am sharing a lot, some of it here on the podcast, but I also feel like the podcast is a much more niche uh, audience. It's a much more niche, um, you know, you listening to my podcast, you actually care what I have to say. You actually care what I think. Um, and I feel like this is my own little, it's, it's, it's my own little bubble, whereas Twitter is public and a lot of people follow me for various things and they'll they'll scroll past my tweet it'll get more attention so this feels more comfortable than than putting it on twitter but then as i came back home the last thing i tweeted was rough day rough night let's try again tomorrow and i went to bed and again not looking for reactions not looking for any kind of sympathy or anything i woke up to a couple of nice tweets from some friends um that you know just makes me feel good that they care that they did hear me. They did listen, um, that sort of thing. And then I got about three text messages from some of my more close friends. And it felt good. It felt good. Um, that these are some of the people that I could reach out to. These are a couple of people that I could, um, text or call if I needed to. I guess when it comes down to is I, I need to rely on my friends more. I need to trust them more. Um, you know, I can always move, take a step forward. And then if it doesn't work out, take a step back. Right. Um, but again, I think it goes back to the worry. I know where some of my friends stand with certain things. I choose to keep, certain parts private because they probably won't agree with whatever it is I'm doing or what I'm saying, or, you know, I'm okay with something that I think that's the big thing is I'm okay. There's a very few things that bother me. Like realistically in the grand scheme of things, like most things roll off my shoulder, roll off my chest, like water, just drip, drip, drip and rolls off my back. Like I, I don't get fired up about things. I don't, again, this goes back to me not feeling the need to call people out for shit. I just don't see the point. I'll see something on my Twitter timeline. I, I, I might look at it and go, huh, that sucks. Or, huh, never would have guessed that. And then I scroll past it. I don't hit that retweet with comment and be like, can you believe this motherfucker? Look at this piece of shit. I cannot, I couldn't even, right? How, who, who even does this? How could you ever? Like, I don't feel the need to do that. And so many of my friends do. 
And so again, knowing a, where they stand on certain things, where, what their, what their belief is and B them knowing that I am like this person or like I, this thing that they are blasting. We're cool. We're friends now, right? We're, 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 we're tight. We're close. You, we love each other. Like we're the homies, but the moment I open my mouth and, and I, I let a little light in, a little behind the curtain going, Hey, well, did you know that I, that I like this? Did you know that I, I think this really, no way. I would never would have guessed that. And then all of a sudden now you have a different picture of me and now you have a different idea about me. And you know, this goes back to, again, my, what, when I have something on my chest, when I have these, these, this anxiety, it's like, I need to talk to somebody, but who do I talk to? Without feeling like I'm going to be judged. True friends, they'll judge you, but it'll be a quick, like you're an idiot. And then you move past it. We're still friends. Like a good family member, you know, like a good brother or sister. Like your parents, they'll, they'll tell you that you fucked up. They'll tell you that you messed, made a mistake, but then they move past it. The final thing about this uh, that, I'll, that I want to say is I just recently realized how awesome I have. A, I have an awesome group of friends right in front of me, and I have been looking past them and beyond them for, for so long because, like I said in the beginning of the show, I was trying to be friends with someone else. I was trying to be a part of another group, another clique. And I was looking past these friends right in front of me. It's like that, you know, it's like that cliche romantic movie where a girl falls in love with a guy and the guy's trying to get the attention of another girl. And so the girl, the, 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 her, his friend girl helps him trying to get the attention, but then she ends up falling in love with him. And it's not till the very end of the movie when he realizes that, you know, what he really wants is right here in front of him. I recently had this discovery. I have an amazing group of friends and it wasn't until maybe a few months ago where we started this group chat, this group text. And that's when, it, when I realized that I actually do have some very good friends, friends that I could rely on friends that I could confide into. And that's on me now to, open that door to me for me to um let them in aside from that that core group i would say that i have two friends that know me the best that know things about me about my past about my you know business interactions things that i that i that i'm that i'm doing that i don't share publicly because we've either known each other for that long or the relationship has just gotten that close that I, the hell they know more about what's going on in my world than my brothers do. But even then, even then, even those two people, I still feel reserved about opening up completely to them. And that is more of just me burdening them. Everyone's got their own problems. Everyone's got their own issues. And a lot of people come to me for advice. A lot of people come to me for an escape, whether it's my Twitch chat and they're just looking for someone to hang out with, take their mind off of things, watching some video games, or if it's my vlogs and they want to connect with a family, they want to connect with a, a dude. So I feel like me talking about my problems, me venting kind of like takes away from that. You know, like some days I want to tweet everything that I'm feeling good, bad, and ugly. 
And other days I'm like, no, I, I like I, sh- I shouldn't share that. Right. Like I shouldn't be sharing my feelings and my, and my frustrations and grr. Right. Because other people do that and it bums me out or it turns me away or turns me off. So that's when I start to like question like, well, then how much do I share? How much do I, am I willing to put out there? And with these friends, again, I feel even the same way where it's like, I don't know. It starts getting into that whole, again, pity, woe is me shit that I so frequently tell people to like pick themselves up, brush it off, slap, slap yourself in the face, snap out of it. Right. Like no one's going to pick you up, but yourself, no one is going to, you know, help you in, in certain aspects. Like you've got to do it yourself. You've got to walk through that door. You've got to, you know, keep moving forward. And so it's like, it's almost like I'm having to like remind myself to take my own advice sometimes. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting at with this now. I I, I, like the last, all I was trying to say is, is that a, I feel like I don't sometimes, sometimes I don't feel like I know I have anyone to talk to. I have that feeling sometimes. Who do I talk to is really what what I've boiled it down to. I do have people to talk to. I just don't know who to talk to about what. Like right now, something's on my mind. I need to talk to somebody. I pick up my phone. Who do I text? Who do I DM? I've got five friends that I could do it with right now. Do I tag them all? Do I put in the group chat? Is it a consensus thing? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I've always... My friends, when I was growing up, were always the ones that were closest to me, literally. Like, who was I interacting with the most because we had a class together? Who we were interacting with because we rode the bus together? Who was I interacting with the most because we had sports or, you know, we, we, we hung out with the same friends. And so it was like an every day after school thing or, hey, meet up at the corner store. Hey, meet up at the, you know, on the brick wall. We're going to sit on the brick wall and, and grab some, a drink from the gas station. Like, it was whoever I was in proximity with regularly were my friends. And then the moment something changed and this even proceeded to follow me as I went into the workforce, my friends were my coworkers. Sure. We were friends. I had some best friends, but the moment I quit that job, the moment they quit that job, the moment we moved different positions, moved different teams, the friendship faded away. And that, and I'll put a lot of that on me. I'll put a lot of that on me. I, I, out of sight, out of mind. I'm very much that way. Like even with my own family, I'll go a week or two without even texting my family or calling my family because, you know, it's not like I have a picture of them on my wall. It's not like it's the right and remind. It's I see something, I read something, I hear something, it reminds me of them, and then I shoot a text to them. And so even today, while I have this amazing group of friends in front of me, none of them live really live here. I mean, one lives here now, but even that that thirty minutes away, COVID's going on. We don't ever see each other. So it's like there's a disconnect. There's always going to be a disconnect because they're not readily available. They're not able to just pop over and hang out. Hey, why don't you come over and have a beer? Hey, why don't you come over and let's play some video games? Let's watch a movie. Hey, let's, I'll meet you at the bar. Like, because that doesn't exist, there's always going to be that, that distance between us as a friend, as in, in the friendship world. The good news is, is that my friends are way more active and engaging than I am. And so the friendship is, is staying alive and because they are more active than I am and I'm learning, I'm evolving 
in real time from these people. And I, I appreciate them so much. Like I said before, I didn't realize how good I had it until recently, in recent months. Um, you know, there was a, an incident that happened a few months ago and, um, a lot of my friends were with me and, um, helped me through it. And then there was a moment where they called me out for something and, you know, I, I was worried because of something I had said, the way I reacted to something they didn't agree with. And they wanted, they, we hopped on a call. We talked about, it, we talked it through like good friends and, and we moved past it. But that is where this, this feeling of fear comes from because in a very small low, like tone, like toned down, it kind of, it kind of happened. So I think that's where this fear comes from is we have a conversation. I open up, I get personal and I say something that knocks them back. I, I say something that takes them back. I say something that they are just like flabbergasted by. I don't think it's going to happen very often or, you know, maybe even never, but there's always that possibility. And I question like, how close are we? How close are we really? How much do they actually care? How much do they actually want to know about Clint? So anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, we got a little deep there. Uh, I love you guys. Um, you know who you are. And I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all of you guys listening to this right now. Um, I had this topic on my whiteboard since back when this happened in July. And I didn't know when I was going to talk about it. It was just kind of like one of those filler episodes when I don't have a guest or I don't have something else burning on. But as I said, this week was really hard for me for these reasons. So I felt like this was the proper time to talk about this. Um, I still love Twitter. I still... I'm going to use Twitter religiously. Like it is still my favorite platform. I'm just going to have to continue to make hard choices to unfollow people that I just, I, I love the person. I, you know, when, when things get back to normal, we can meet up at conferences. I'm totally going to hang out, have a beer, buy them a drink, sit down and have lunch with them, but I just can't see their tweets for one reason or another. And then I am also just going to Stick to my line, stick to stay in my lane. I guess what I hate using that term because now even that's become a derogatory thing. Like, oh, stay in your lane and just be complacent. Like, fuck, you know. But my point is, I'm, I'm going to stay with stay to my true self and do what I feel is right and not worry about judgment. If somebody wants to call me out for something I said or did, that's the decision I have to make whether or not to just roll with it. You can, ha everyone can have their opinions. Go ahead and judge me. That's fine. If you want to say something publicly, that's fine. Um, you know, I'm learning as we go, I'm figuring out what I'm okay with, what I'm not okay with. And, uh, you know, take it one day at a time, just like the last 14 years has changed on Twitter. It'll continue to change. Um, you know, <laughs> my buddy Chuck is constantly dropping knowledge bombs about the human brain and evolution and technology and, you know, how we're really not as far along as we think or something isn't ruined or, uh, or, or, you know, it's gone too far. Cause it's, it's actually still in its early stages when you compare it to other things. And, um, it always makes me think about stuff like that. And so I will continue to use Twitter is what my point is. So 
uh, if you care to read my thoughts and see what I'm up to in as close to real time as possible, uh, you can follow me at Clintus, twitter.com slash Clintus. Even if you don't have Twitter, you can go to twitter.com slash Clintus and read my tweets. They are public. Um, and uh, that is the place that I share, I would say, 90% of what I do when I think it goes to Twitter. And then I try to share bits and pieces on Instagram and on YouTube and um, other places. But Twitter is the main place. I'll always promote Twitter because it's still the place that I put the most value in. Uh, it's still the place where I feel the most, even though it's one of my smallest followings, it's the place that I put the most value in. And so I continue to do things to try and grow my following there. Um, and it's not the number, but grow the interactions is the better way to put it. Not my following, but my interactions. So if you're listening to this and you do follow me on Twitter, um, just say hi, just, I don't know, make a comment about the podcast, share the podcast, whichever. And, uh, as always, thank you for for your attention. Thank you for your interactions. I appreciate everything that you do and everything that you give for uh for me to me. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm I'm done. <laughs>